everyone. It is Dave and Jeff. It's a Sunday night. It is June 28th. I shut the hell up right there because people always are like, yeah. I'm waiting for Jeff to talk during that song. I don't want to <laughs> ruin. Give me shelter for all of you. So uh, it's very funny. All right, Dave, I'll just tell you this. Yeah. This is a little inside line for uh, in-house recording. It should be right about 8. Let's make sure we're out of here by fucking 9.30 tonight, okay? Just give me the wrap it up sign. 9.30 is a long time still. I know. I mean, I hope we're not going that long, but there's so much to cover. Let me give you a good thing Go right ahead. off the bat, and this should lead to some fun with Dave. On Friday, Thursday, I was interviewed by The Athletic. Oh, yeah. I have not seen anybody post this, so anybody who's listening to the podcast, you'll know it first. I love The Athletic. have subscribed pretty much since day one. Really, really good. Early this week, I think it's Tuesday, might be Wednesday, The Athletic is going to have an oral history of the Mighty 690. Nice. And... The only way I, I I thought it was really nice that they called. The only reason why I was in is because the author listens to the podcast, said, hey, I, I always like your thoughts on San Diego media. And he said, I think you have a really interesting perspective because so many of the guys locally spent time there, except for you. And so I told him the story. I actually worked there for one week. Uh, we'll see if that gets in. If not, we'll be back here Tuesday night. We'll tell you that. But I can just tell you, I don't want to give a lot away, but a lot of the key players were interviewed. And I was really, really stoked that just kind of said, hey, from somebody who was working across town at KFMB, what was your thoughts on 690? What you was tell him Brad Sesmat basically carved your career? I, I should have said that Brad wouldn't shut the fuck up when I was trying to watch Lee do. Is that, is that true? Hold on. Hold on. You got to tell how, why you were there a week also. You got to explain why you're there for a little bit. All right. I'll give, I'll give you two stories. Okay. Because it looks like you're just a fucking dirtbag. No. I'll give, you, I'll give you two stories that I shared with the author, and I don't know if either one of them will yeah, be in there. Yeah, so why not? So when I ended with the Sockers in 89... 89, 90, 90, 91. I think it was at the end of my first internship. Yeah. They had suggested working in radio. I, you might as well have told me to be an astronaut, right? But I did reach out to Lee. I yeah. reached out to Lee and said, hey, could I come down and watch you do the show? Kind of gave him a little bit of my background. He goes, yeah, come on down. At this time, what time was Lee on? Six to nine. Six to nine at night, okay. Six to nine. So I took a motorcycle from Cardiff. And if you're coming south on the 5, you get off at SeaWorld Drive, and they're on Tecolote Road. But Dave, am I right? You have to turn right. Dude, I never went that way. I came from the south, so I used to take, uh, take Pacific Highway and would yeah. drive for about two miles, and it was on the right side. I always got confused coming off at SeaWorld. But I think what you have to do coming off the 5, I went to the left and got screwed up because yeah. it feels like... I got lost one You time. actually go to the right and then take a left down Tecolote Road is the way I remember it. Because then Tecolote kind of goes diagonal and brings you back. Well, I'm on this motorcycle. I get lost, but I finally figure out where to go. And I park at, out in front of 690 at 5 to 6. And Lee is waiting out front of the building for me. That's amazing. And, yeah, I'll tell you that I don't know how much I've told this story, um, but it's true. 
Lee was waiting out front. He could not have been any nicer. He was fantastic. I was super excited to go in. He was great. He walked me through those old Ratty studios. And Dave, it's like literally five to six. He's getting ready to go on wow. the air. And he walks me in. Brad Sesmat was running the board and doing updates at that time. Fucking Brad was a great dude. He is a great guy. Brad Sesmat is a great dude. But when I got in, I wanted to watch Lee do his thing. And Brad, not being a douche, what I tell him, bless his heart. I genuinely mean it. I genuinely, he was such a nice guy. Brad was just, hey, so here's what we do. And Lee's like, from Baja. You wanted to see the show. And I was like, hey, man, I just want to watch. But Brad was trying to be the best host he could be. Anyways, I hung out in there for like an hour from six to seven. And it was Fantastic. Says Matt's doing everything. Running the board, doing updates, screening calls, and Lee's doing his thing. Those guys could not have been nicer. And so when I got my job at KSDO, I reached out to Lee. I told him. When I got my job at, at KFMB, or I'm sorry, K, did I say KSDO? Yeah. When I got the KSDO job, I sent a note to Lee. When I got the job at KFMB, I actually feel like I may have sent a bottle of wine to Lee. Really? Because... David impacted me a lot, and I remember when guys would ask us, like, hey, can we come and watch the show? We always, Even though it's weird and you're out of your element, what Lee did was incredible. If Lee was a dick or a douche and Brad was a dick, uh, dude, I don't know. I don't know how much I pursue it. Those two fucking guys were great. So that was the one thing I said was, you know, Lee was really cool, and he didn't have to be. Um the second story I told is that I worked there for a week. And I had a weekend board shift at KSDO when I started, Saturday and Sunday, 1 to 9. Hal Brown lived next to my buddy Boom in Cardiff in the old Park Place apartments. And Hal's reputation was that he would sit on his front step and just smoke weed. <laughs> and But everybody fucking loved Hal. Hal in that complex was just the coolest fucking dude. He was great, old-timer. So I reached out to Hal, dropped the note that he was program director at that time at 690, or news director, I guess yeah, he would have been. director. And uh, I said, hey, I'd like to pick up some board shifts. I'm at KSDO, but if you need help, he goes, Hal had a great voice. Sounds great. Come on down. So I went down, and Hal said, what are you doing? I told him I'm doing these shows, syndicated shows. I'm picking up feeds. I'm doing all these different things. He goes, great. Let's go see the studio. I walk in. It's like, uh, God, I go, dude, it's the same board I run. He goes, great. And I go, but just remember, I'm Saturday and Sunday, 1 to 9. He goes, yeah, no problem. I can pick you up a couple of, uh, I think it was going to be like Tuesday and Thursday yeah. from like 10 to 4 on the board. Okay. I said, man, that's really good. So I got in. Rome was doing updates, incredibly nice. He was great. Um, And they were doing, they did like an hour sports news show at noon. Remember when they did that? Brad hosted it. And it may have been with Hartman. I I think Steve, no, it was Brad. I can't remember. Might have been Brad and Hal. Okay. I thought Hal was on at 12. Yeah, okay. okay. So it would have been Hal and Brad did like an hour sports center from noon to one. So I run this a couple of different days. I shadowed a couple of dudes that were really nice. I can't think of their names right now. So I was actually there probably two weeks. Okay. 
First week I shadow, then the second week I'm there, and I'm going, fuck, this is great. So I do the Tuesday, Thursday, everything goes fine. The Friday schedule comes out, and Hal's got me booked Saturday and Sunday, 1 to 9. Jesus Christ. I go, Hal! <laughs> Come on, baby, what'd I tell you? I'm working across town. He goes, ah, that's when I need you. I go, you know what, Hal, fuck it, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Hal, fuck it. I was just like, fuck. What did he say when you quit? Well, I'm sorry to see you go. Uh, I'm sorry to see you go. We'll get you a watch. What the fuck's that supposed to mean? (laughs) But Hal was great. What happened to the guys that train you? They're like, what the fuck happened to Jeff? I told them. I go, the only thing I can't do is work weekends because I'm at KSTO. And everybody was like, everybody wants to know. Yeah. When you work at one, two stations, they want to know what's going on over there. Of course. So everybody knew. Except fucking Hal, who I told (laughs) nine different times. (laughs) On his fucking porch. He was baked. In Park Place. Uh, so those were the two stories. They asked me. Now, here's the one thing, too. Here's yeah. the other thing that I will give away uh, a secret. I don't believe Steve Hartman was going to be part of it. Um, I'll tell you some of the guys. Yeah. Mason and Ireland are part of it. I'm glad they're part of it. Yeah. Uh, I... I know Steve's, I mean, what I was told is Mason, Ireland, but I heard stories from Mason. Good. I'm really, really, because Mason's who I worked with. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy he's part of it because his time there wasn't fun for him at all. No, but we love Steve. Yeah. And John. Been great to us. So Mason, Ireland. Saw's obviously a part of it. Great. He should be. Kaplan's a part of it that I know. Um, Howard Friedman, yeah. who'd been the PD. He was the PD when I was there. Genius Alasco. That's great. Is great. Uh did I say Kaplan? Yep. Okay, so Kaplan's there. And then uh, Saw. What about Rome? Rome. Rome's part of it. But I hadn't heard Steve's name. Which is insane. And so I chatted with the author, and I said, hey, man, in a lot of ways, just for me, Steve was such a key component in a lot of ways because I I told Steve this. I remember Steve telling stories. I was working at the liquor store and I'd hear Steve telling stories about going to Radio Row with Chris Visser. Yeah, that's right. And he they was were, insane. Visser? Yeah. 100% insane. Yeah. Complete maniac. Uh but Visser crazy temper. Yeah, it was yeah. always great to me, but yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, Leslie Visser's brother. Right. Insane book and then they stole his they fucking fired him and kept his book yeah. right <laughs> they kept his they kept his rolodex well, ex- yeah i was about to say explain what a book is yeah his rolodex they kept all his numbers but um but i would hear steve telling these stories about going to radio row or all-star games and they were flying everywhere uh john lynch is part of it yeah good um senior and i was like fuck man fuck what a life yeah and I said to the guy, I go... And across the halls, 91X, which was super popular in San Diego. Right. And so I said to the, the author, I said, uh, have you talked to Hartman? And he said, no, you know, I, I haven't. And I reached out to Steve and I said, hey, um, they're doing this thing for The Athletic and they're doing this thing about 690. Do you want me to send your number over? And he goes, yeah. That'd be cool. So I got back to the author and I said, hey, here's Steve's number. He goes, great. I just texted with him and called. Cool. So I would think that Steve will be part of it too. And I really hope he is. He should be. He's a major part. Steve was, I mean, think about it, dude. Really, can you think about a show? I'm thinking about impactful radio shows in this market, Dave. 
the day out the first show back after Chet passed away, right? Oh yeah, well, remember that? I, I tell you, the two show, the three shows that stand was, out for me on those guys because it was big. Was Steve? Was Steve and Chet? One was when they got in a huge fight over Chris Weber, if he's a center or not, and fucking <laughs> Chet like walked off the show for two days. Oh shit! The other one was when Steve proposed to his wife on there. I'd never heard that. And that was, I think, with in '92 Denise. with Denise. That worked out real well. And then, uh, <laughs> then the 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 third one was, of course, when Chet passed. Man, what a show! What a show! What a show! But I, I also said, like for me, Dave, this was my approach on this. I'll tell everybody right now because you never know how it's going to read in print. My deal was, I, I really didn't know the building, and it's about six ninety. It's not about the personalities. I really did. I tried to just be respectful to all those guys. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like, Lee and I are cool. Like, after Lee, like I, I said about a year ago, I found some emails that I forgot Lee wrote after we left, and they were pretty cool. And you said he was really nice after Jake's he passing. Was. And so uh, we have no axe to grind with Lee. Um, the only person who I shredded uh, was the fucking idiot who made the decision to give that signal up. Yeah. Because 690... At the time, was owned by Clear Channel, right? Yeah, J Core. It might have yeah. been J Core at the time, or Clear Channel. It was one of they're one and the same, basically. But but the decision was made because six ninety was considered a San Diego station. Yeah, and they were going into LA. I talked about what an amazing job the host did of blending the personalities, the missing the phone calls. I said Jim's show at night was fantastic because it was that yeah. night show was hysterical. And um, just talked about a lot of different things because I just, dude, I love 690. It impacted us, a lot of it us. Is. And I just said, God damn, where would that station be today if this fucking guy didn't, didn't tell him, let's get rid of it and go separate for San Diego and separate for L.A. And, uh, and it should still be on the air. Oh, they blew it. I mean, it's a, as big of a signal as 1090 has. 690 signal was bigger. 77,000 watts, if you remember. Now, you'll have radio engineers that'll tell you, and I mentioned this too, that will mention, hey, it's very minor, the difference between 50 and 77. Well, tell that to the audience and yeah. tell that to anybody who turns that mic on. Or is trying to listen to sports radio now and can't hear it through right. different parts of the county. And boy, that was an issue with 690. No. I used to listen to 690 like crazy when I lived in L.A. Yeah. Well, that's what I said, Dave. Lee did a great job, Jim. Any of those shows, bringing L.A. people in, San Diego yeah. people in, like playing guys against each other. Raiders and Charger fans. Right. Because the Raiders were in L.A. And that's and that's what we were asked about. And I said, man, that's not as easy as you would think to, to make everybody want to stay with you and not feel like it's the battle Joe Buck fights, right? Yeah. Joe Buck every game. Uh, he said, well, the Braves fans hate me and the Yankees fans hate me, so I feel like I'm doing a good job. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> that's basically it. But they they did a great job, man. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to see how it turns out. Personally, I feel like I should have about three fucking lines in it. I didn't work there. I just said, yeah, it was kind of— I like of, Thangle, though. I'm glad he went that way. I thought it was really cool, and I was thrilled to be asked to do it. But I just for me to—, to kind of give tribute to a lot of our friends and say yeah that had to be fun but but scott to the best of my knowledge and i i think there'll be some other ones but again if you subscribe to the athletic 
coming out this week, people telling all their stories about 1090. From what I was told, there's some great back and forth. 690. Or 690, excuse me. Some great back and forth between Rome and Hacksaw, between Mason and Hacksaw, right? Hartman's always fall over funny. Kaplan's got some great shit because Scott was there at the end. Yeah. Uh, Steve was there at the end. Was Steve there at the end or had Steve already gone to Fox? Steve was there at the end. He said he was. Steve said he okay. was there at the end. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think now. Yeah, I believe he was. He said he was in that in the building we came from, that which is now the iHeart building. He said he well, was. Well, they all there. work there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, again, they switched over from Pacific Highway over to the iHeart building Granite in Ridge. Granite Ridge. It's it was so weird. I mean, I, I you know it's funny. I love this topic because I said it's a step back for us, memory lane, but also for you and I that kind of pushed us. Towards but how long this were career. you there? You were there for how long? I was there for like a couple of years, but on and off. I, this is kind of how how it worked out for me. I did an internship first. I just mm-hmm. I was one of those guys, man. Played sports my whole life, and then when I realized, got married, and I kind of gave up baseball. And right before I got married, I had a Oakland A scout that wanted to sign me, and. My deal was either I get married in January or I pursue a deal with Thays. Mm-hmm. And looking back at it, I wish I would have pursued the deal with Thays. I, I oh, know, oh I, hang well, on. Let's get yeah. read out here. Well, it's funny. We've had this conversation a million times. I'll tell you right now, I wasn't good enough to be a Major League Baseball player. But at least yeah. it was easy for me to go. I pursued it. Yeah. And that after that moment, I was like, dude, I'm going to try and live my life with as little regret as I can. At the time, this was after... The A's were making their big run in the 80s, and they didn't have a lot of pitching. And I was like, well, shit, maybe I would have had a chance to who knows what happens. But I wish I would have given it a shot. I didn't, but I was completely lost. I'm a year into a marriage. I'm a 22-year-old kid who's sitting there going, what the fuck did I do without sports? And I remember being in San Diego, even went back and went to L.A. for six months and was at my grandmother's house, and I would just lay on the bed in the afternoon and listen to Hartman and Chet and Hacksaw going, what the fuck do I do? I come back to San Diego. I discover at the time it was Mason and Schwartz. Right. And I called and said, can I do an internship? And they, boom, they got me in as an so intern. So who interv- who'd you interview with? You know what? I, there was, no, it wasn't Jeannie. It just, it was, it was all of a sudden I was in. It was just, I was in. Dave Marcus is running the board. Right. And I remember walking in. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, John Jednak was there doing, yeah. doing like sports updates. Right. Jetpack. Yeah. Sesmat was in the back. Clubber was in the back. I oh, mean, there was shit. a shitload of people Brian at night Wilson? from 7 to 12. Brian Wilson's not there. Uh, oh, he would have been with us at KFMB. Yeah. Or at Star. Yeah. And Marcus was running the board. And then it was Hartman. And, I mean, excuse me. It was Mason in San Diego. And Schwartz was at like a hot dog stand in, in the mall in L.A. Which mall is that? I think it was. I, I hate to say. I say Sherman Oaks, but it wasn't. It's not I, the Fox Hills Mall? I think it might have been Fox Hills Mall. I'm not sure which mall. People will know right away which one because they used to talk yeah. about it all the time. And so, you know, I meet Mason and I'm a huge Mason fan. I see Hacksaw because the show just ends. Yeah. Cool. Um he fucking ego. I mean, it wasn't. Right. He didn't. He didn't really come up and talk to you. I remember I asked. I think that come, I'm not gonna give anything yeah, away. Yeah. I think we'll see saw being saw in this article, which is hysterical. I me. tried to talk to Lee at the very beginning, you know, because hey, I was a fan. It was. It wasn't even that. He couldn't even make eye contact. And I go, Lee, and I asked him a question, and he just goes, "That's your problem." And he kept <laughs> walking. I was like, I didn't even think I had a problem. But I remember uh, I go to the use the restroom, and fucking mm-hmm. no joke, coaches on a ladder changing light bulbs in the bathroom. Right. And I was like, what the fuck's Coach's job in this building? I think right. he was like a building maintenance guy. Yeah, he and always doing, said that. Uh, doing on-air shit. High school. And, and doing high school stuff. Yeah. And it was just, there's so many people there from 7 to 12, but 
I say this all the time because Jeff and I always look for guys like us who just love radio. Mm-hmm. Where if you've ever seen Howard Stern's movie Private Parts, where he's a little kid and, and Symphony Sid turns on the mic yeah. and the look in that little kid's eyes of, oh my God, that was me. I was, yeah. I was hooked that moment. And so I'm there from six in, the, six in the evening till 12 o'clock at night. And then I would stay with Marcus for about another 30 minutes. We had to cut up King's highlights or whatever All else. All night, right. We, we had to wait for the Mexican national anthem. Always. 10 you o'clock. Know? And uh, 12 o'clock, I think or we played it. As soon as yeah. Mason went off there. Right. And it was nuts. And, and I broke the fucking coffee machine day one. You and and Mason lost lost his shit, dude. Yeah, I bet. He said, this whole fucking radio station, just like this, this whole fucking radio station's run off that fucking coffee machine. Dude, 100%. Yeah. Every and it, radio station. And it was one of these coffee machines where you just put your cup underneath and you push the red button. Yeah. Well, every other coffee machine, I knew, knew you added water to the top. I added water to the top, completely burnt the whole fucking thing out. Almost started God a fire. damn it. Who hired this oh, guy? Dude, he, Mason was so fucking mad at me. And... um <laughs> It was, I was hooked, man. Marcus yeah. and I would sit there and I'd watch Mason do a show and you realize quickly Mason hated being there and yeah. and it won't give too much away, but Mason, this move would always be the, would be this move. Someone would say, hey, Mason, what do you think of the Chicago Bears? And he didn't know shit. And he would go, well, what do you think about the Bears? And then he would just feed off your fucking answer. Yeah. He didn't know anything. Literally, Mason would sit there and write books while he was doing the show. He was working on a book about the Olympics. God damn. And I was like, dude, that's crazy to me. Now that you and I do a show. Right. That he's sitting there typing, writing a book while he's doing a five hour show. Five fucking hours every night. Seven to midnight? Yeah, seven to midnight. So they took over Rome's. So Rome must have moved to midday or. Yeah, Rome moved to. Was it nine in the morning or something? Yeah, nine in the morning, nine to noon. And uh, it was Mason and Schwartz who obviously didn't get along. And then, uh, you know, Ireland came in after. But I remember I came in right when Schwartz just started. Yeah. And so it was Sesmet and Mason. Right. And it was terrible. Mason used to just kill him. And and Sesmet just had to take it. He's like, yeah. talk about getting married and your bachelor party. You're going to have high C. But what are you going <laughs> to yeah. have to drink? You know, all the time. For being a square. He'd kill him all the time. But it was interesting. And I think it was Mason who told me, he goes, man, if you want to do this business, the key is be around here as much as possible. Yep. And that advice got me to stay in radio. What happened was one day I was there before anyone else. And the phone rang, and it was fucking ESPN on the other side. Yep. We need someone to cover the Padre game. Who's there? I go, I'm the only one here. They go, you want to do it. Yeah. And from that point on, I was their Padre guy. I said, hey, you have anyone to do Lakers? I did Lakers. I did Clippers. And they're like, you, you're going to drive back and forth? I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. And and this is where, where I kind of left because I was doing Lakers, and I'm driving back and forth. And Ben Maller, who was an intern mm-hmm. also at 690, was driving from uh, – from Orange County every fucking day. And Ben, Ben, of course, everyone knows Ben has a national show now on Fox. He's had a great career. Ben and I would always go to Clipper games together. That's why I met Ed yeah. Graney and met Jim Trotter and, and those guys at first. And I remember coming back to Tatino, who was the executive producer, and I said, hey, Joe, I go, I think I've put my time in. I do national stuff for ESPN. Yeah. And he... Um, he goes, I think I have a board option for you from 3 in the morning till 6 in the morning. Oh, and I was thank like, God. fuck off, Joe. And that was it. I left. And then I started thinking, like, you, all of us have done this who have been in radio. You leave for a little bit, and then you realize everything you do outside of radio sucks. Right. And you, and you sit and you go, what the fuck am I doing working at Cal <laughs> stores? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, w- went back, and, and that's how you and I kind of got together yeah. at KFMB. But there was, there was one time Jeff and I were at KFMB, even when we were what you'd consider successful. We have our own show. I don't know if you remember this. I gave out 690's phone number on KFMB's oh, yeah. air. Caller, it was great. It was a caller number. Yeah. And uh, Jeff caught it and goes, 
really? They're going to call Coach right now because he was opposite <laughs> of us? I was yeah. like, yeah, give Coach our best. But that's how much I listen to 690. I had yeah. their number engraved in my fucking head. You know what's funny about 690 is thinking about it, and I, I should have dropped this on the guy. You know, Rick Schwartz left there and became on Extra yeah. and did a lot of things that were good. You know who else was there that I think a lot of people forget was this 690 guy? Brian Kilmeade. That's from, right. From Fox and Friends in the morning. That's Kilmeade right. Kilmeade was a weekend guy on 690 yeah. and was good. Yeah. Uh, Dave Campbell had a great baseball show. Remember that? Yeah. And the guy, I'm forgetting, this guy used to be on, Dave, with Roy Firestone all the time. But Ira, the older dude. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was friends with uh, Hartman. Um, Ira, remember? But yes. him and Campbell were like back to back. Yeah. Pete Gray and Marty yeah, Milner. that's right. Like all these different fucking shows that were iconic. So, again... If you're a sports radio fan... You know exactly everything. I mean, everything we're telling you, it's, it's a walk down memory lane for you. But wait till these guys start yeah, talking it's gonna and be looking great. back. Oh, and, it's going to be awesome. And the thing is, too, like the point that I made was that station should have never gone away. It really shouldn't right. have. With that, if that station didn't go away, you wouldn't have any of the other ones. There's no reason I, to challenge it. No, why would 97.3 yeah. come in? But, but also you wonder, like 1360 would have been gone. 1090 wouldn't have existed. Um but what about like eight thirty, right? Yeah, what about five seventy? Is five seventy there? Are you doing that? No, um, probably not. Right, seven ten. Maybe ESPN tries to do something locally. I don't know where. Um, the one that tried to challenge it in LA was K Max. Do you remember that Max to the sports? It was yeah. it was like one oh seven five or something. Well, with the sports gods and those guys, they try to challenge. Yeah, it. Dave KMPC Smith tried to challenge it for a little bit. Well, I remember when I got. So I've told this too. So I. I was pretty much, I knew I was about done with KSDO and I was just kind of worn out on their management. And I interviewed at KMPC and it was funny. Todd Fritz was there from Dan's show. Todd was there producing Jim Lampley's show. Steve Yeager was there. Um, The guy, Larry Kahn, who does the football games with Hank. Um, Big Joe, Doug, Brian Golden, a bunch of these guys I think were part of it. And Len Weiner had come from New York, had come from WFAN to run it. Fucking great dude, man. And Len, I met with in the KTLA building, which is is where KMPC was. And I was going to produce and run the board for Steve Yeager. Wow. Which I thought was going to be really fun. Steve and Steve, it might have been Steve and Larry Kahn. Was it? Doing baseball talk. And, uh... Uh, and Fred. Fred Wallen. Fred was going to be there, too. Yeah. Fred, Fred I know, part- and Steve Yeager are really close. Yeah. So they were all part of it, and I interviewed with Len, and he was like, Len, as a PD, Dave, like a GM and a PD, met with me on like a Sunday. And I went up and met with him, and he said, hey, man, you're good to go, but I I need you here Tuesday. And I was like, oh, fuck, Len, I got to give notice in the whole thing. He goes, Jeff, man, I'm sorry. I don't have two weeks to wait. I'm sorry. If you want it, man, I'd love to have you part of the team. It starts Tuesday. Wow. I said, God dang, Len, I, I don't have anywhere to stay. I don't have anywhere. And we kind of you know, shook hands and said, hey, let's circle back in six months or whatever. But that Tuesday, I think Tuesday, Wednesday, if the days work out right, I went to the beach and uh, my buddies and I could tell you exactly where we went. Uh, it's El Cajon Boulevard. Yeah. If you know, it's right before 30th. So 
there was a strip club. There was a strip club right there, and it's like Lips is on the right. You go right past that. We didn't go in there. <laughs> but right past that, at that turn, there was a strip club, and you had a it, like the building's still there, but every time I see this building, I start laughing. It's not as far as 30th, so it's probably like 29th in El Cajon. My buddies and I were in there, and we'd been at the beach earlier in the day, and that was the day that the cops were found not guilty in yeah. uh, Simi Valley. My buddy, Boom, I'll never forget. It goes, dude, they're going to fucking ride in L.A. And this was my first day. It would have been my first day at KMPC driving a motorcycle Jesus. from Cardiff with no fucking clue right to sunset yeah. and right in the middle of everything. And we went to this strip club, and they had a TV up. Dave, I'm telling you, the fucking every dancer was down off the stage. The music stopped, and there were like fit, you know, ten or 50, big club. But there were like 15 of us, and we just fucking watched L.A. burn. Wow. And my buddy Tommy, my brother, Boomy, and me were like, holy fuck, dude. They had have fucking killed you. I was like, holy shit. Would have got killed. Yeah. Yeah. Holy that shit. was the day. Yeah, because I was just like, God damn, what am I doing sitting here yeah. running fucking uh, computer talk with Larry from Daytel? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Eleanor Widmer. <laughs> when uh, when 690 switched over, Jeff mentioned they went to 1150, which was a worse signal than 1360. But what did they do down here? Here, it, they just gave the signal up, I thought, right? Didn't they give it up? Yeah, and they just, they just focused everything on... On Los Angeles. Yeah, they didn't have anything. Eleven fifty right? is terrible. You can't even get eleven fifty in Orange County. But eleven fifty is just like general talk now, right? I, I have no idea what's eleven fifty now. Yeah. I re remember though because I started working at eleven fifty on the weekends doing like sports updates. Uh huh. And um, I Crystal? was. I'm sorry. Was Crystal there? She might have been part of it. it. Was the Dodger station though, and you couldn't hear it for shit. Yeah. And I was a. like, A Martinez. Yeah, A Martinez was there. Always walked around with a bat. Julio? Martinez, yeah, Julio was there. That's right. <laughs> All these guys were there. Yeah, but we shared a building with uh, with uh, Kiss One Hundred Two Seven. Yeah, Rick, Rick Dees. Dees, and I would L. see L. Rick K. Dees every weekend because he would be in there recording his America's Top Forty. Right. And then I remember getting in an elevator with Rick Dees, and he goes, "I just want to let you know, I make twenty million dollars a year." He's <laughs> I was like, "You fucking asshole!" <laughs> he had his own private bathroom the whole deal, but I'm like. I don't think anyone's listening to this fucking station. But I that's just, not the building where we did Fox. No, no, right? no, it wasn't. This was in, in Burbank. It was, a, it was a nicer building than even the Fox building. It was crazy. It was a huge high rise. Yeah. And uh, you always have all these these teenage girls there because freaking the Hanson or whatever would be yeah. coming on to see Rick Dees. Was Brick there? Was Vic there? Vic was there on the week, uh, Monday through Friday because I used his studio. I used okay. the Brick studio. He had these fucking foam bricks all over the fucking place. Right. And... Um, I remember when we were talking about these shows. From so I'd work. My shift was six in the morning till two in the afternoon. Yeah, and we had a car guy on. Everyone has a car guy on the weekends. Right. Six in the morning. This guy's doing a car show, and I'm the whole time I'm thinking in my mind. I don't think anyone was listening to us at all. And he comes Dude. on during his car show, and yeah. he, he drops this line. He goes, "They used to have NASCAR in Mexico, but every time guys would pull in for a pit stop, the fans would come out of the crowd and steal the radios and the oh, rims off the cars." Fuck. And I went, "Dude, you're fired. Done." As soon as, as soon as he said it, he went to break, I went, dude, today's your last day. Are you, yeah, you're If done. I was you, I'd get my car now before someone comes in and kicks the shit out of you. Yeah. Nobody complained. And I, oh. as soon as he did that and said that crazy comment, I went, no one's listening to this fucking station. The L.O. fucking yeah. Petco Park. <laughs> yeah. That's when I knew we were dead. <laughs> I knew we were dead. I knew we were fucking dead. L.O. said crazy shit. <laughs> dude. 
the LO story, and they fucking cut it into a promo. That's insane. Uh, if you missed that story. I love the LO story. Go ahead, tell if it. If you missed that story, it's when uh, we were all at Extra, uh, fucking 07, 07, right? yeah. Yeah, 07. The Padres are talking about trading Jake Peavy, and this fucking LO says, like, dude, the guy had been doing radio. Uh, he and I started in, like, Fucking yeah. ninety one. Like, Ello was with me at six ninety two. He's another yeah. guy. Yeah. Like Ello had been around and he goes, uh, I'll tell you what, they trade Peavy. I'm renting a U-Haul and loading it up with the dynamite. We're just gonna blow up Petco Park. And the next thing you know, it's like Chris Ello is back and he's doing afternoons on extra. I tell you what, if they trade Peavy, I'm getting the U-Haul, we're gonna blow up Petco, Chris Ello. Extra sports, 13. And I go, what the fuck? You did. And I called Carl Armstrong. You lost your mind. I called Carl Armstrong. I go, what the fuck is that? What? I go, dude, that fucking promo. Done. I wasn't even the PD. I called Dub. I go, dude. Dub lost his shit. Dub hadn't heard it. Shocker. No, I didn't. Holy shit. They might as well have finished it off with, if you thought Oklahoma City was bad, wait till you see what Chris Ello's doing tomorrow. Tomorrow on Chris Ello, we got 13-year-old girls and they're jerking you off <laughs> under the bleachers. Chris Ello, pedophile radio. No, I'm kidding. But Hey, do you, hey, you want to know the code to every <laughs> safety deposit box? We stole them and we're going to be rich tomorrow. It's Chris Ello. I mean, he fucking guy makes a terrorist threat. Yes, he did. They we're not doing pedophile right now. That probably went too far. <laughs> probably went too far. <laughs> no 13-year-old. I remember you lost your shit. You called oh my me. God. Then you called everyone else, and then you were like, I think we're dead. I don't think anyone's listening to this fucking no, station. No, nobody heard it. <laughs> but we also have kids making promos. That's really good. That, that, we got to cut that, and it times out perfectly. We got the donut of the voice guy. Then we got Ella. We'll blow it up. And then we can put the tag in extra. <laughs> like, holy shit. Uh, so that's the first story. That's cool. Uh, so that'll be out this week. The other story that I find hysterical is our friend, our friend, miserable Padre fan. Yeah. Miserable Padre fan. Yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Found a picture of Austin Hedges. The sunglasses on, bro. Yeah, he hates him. And he's and he's at some event, no mask on, like swim trunks, the whole thing. So fucking miserable Padre fan just starts hammering hedges. And I'm watching this and everybody's going crazy and it's getting retweeted, the whole thing. God damn, did you see tonight? Yeah, I did. Tonight, Dennis Lynn from The Athletic wrote that A.J. Preller has had a conversation with Austin Hedges and said he's aware of the mistake he made. He made a very bad decision, and we will continue to educate the team about what happened. I'll just say this, Dave. Yeah. I got a huge kick out of this story. The reason why I don't jump in, I have no idea what the what the surrounding circumstances are around that picture, so I don't know anything. But I tell you what. Pods took it seriously enough to to kick him in the ass. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to basically keep the team healthy as we're trying to start baseball up. And he right. has a gathering of, you know, 10 people or so. 
and, in a close environment. And for the Padres, like, dude, not only do we need to keep you healthy, we can't have you bringing anything back. Where did to, it come from? Like, do we know? Like, who I, posted the picture? I I saw uh, Eric say that it came from Instagram. Oh wow! So yeah, I'm not even sure. It just is. It's one of those where you're just like, "Fuck, dude!" I think anyone who's a sports fan of any team yeah. doesn't want to see their team being called. Oh shit! There's an outbreak. Right. You know, even in in the NBA, you had 13 guys test positive. Clemson football has 37 guys right Damn. now. And so when you look at Austin Hedges, look, he's not Tatis, but at right. the same time, he's going to be with Tatis and Machado. Yes, and Paddock. Yeah, you fucking asshole! What are you doing? Use your goddamn brain. I, I don't get. There, there are. There's no gray area on hedges in this fan base. No. There's nobody. You either love the guy or, or don't love the guy. Yeah. I don't love the guy. No. I'm sorry. You can't fucking. You know hit. who loves him? Women love him. Who think he's good looking? That's who love him. Cool. Uh, he's hitting 176. He's getting worse every year. And there's media guys in this town that think he's well. He frames pitches. Great. Where'd right. you win? How many fucking games did he win yeah. last year? <laughs> they had a losing record again. Yeah. Did you win 68? They didn't even win your bet. No, fuck no. Dude, who gives a fuck? <laughs> who gives a fuck? Give it up what he can frame and tell the pitchers, guess what? The fucking kid can't hit. And and to me, Dave, my biggest problem with Hedges has always been that guy is a fucking self-promoter. And it makes me insane because if you can't hit 180, shut the fuck up. And if your phone rings and somebody wants you on the radio, go, hey, man, I may not be the guy. I may not be, but holy shit, I've never met the dude. He may be the coolest fucking guy on the planet. Matter. There's a lot of cool guys that can't hit. Right. Don't mean to be one of them playing for the Padres. Right. I just, uh, now I don't know. I don't know how good Mejia can be. From people you talk to, you go, where you go, yeah, he can hit. Complete disaster yeah. behind the plate. And people you trust, scouts and other executives, former major leaguers that know that game a lot yeah. better than I do. They go, hey, man, what about me here? Fuck. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, they'll at least, like, if you bring those guys, yeah. if you bring them back up, l- let me say this in fairness to Hedges. If you go to Hedges to that same group, right, five former players, scouts, executives, broadcasters, go, what about Hedges? But I tell you what, pretty fucking special behind the plate. Kid can't hit a lick. No. Hey, what about Mejia? Fuck. (laughs) Kid's a complete fucking disaster back there. Might be able to hit. Well, great. Where are you going to play him? That's that's the issue. Yeah. For me, the issue is, honestly, watching what Hedges has done and continually to get worse is that last year when they were talking about, hey, we're going to sit, we're going to play more Mejia, Mm -hmm. he was so pissed off. He like, dude, I'm doing great. Don't you guys see what I'm doing? No, asshole. We see what you're doing, and it's not good enough. For him to sit there and get upset was insane. Instead of saying, hey, I need to play better. Yeah. I got to up my game. He, he was so shocked that he was finding his ass on the bench. So I don't know if Camposano or Torrens or any of these other dudes. Are the complete package. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you had Austin Allen. You shipped him out, yeah. right? He was in it. But, I mean, my biggest fear is that one of these two guys, maybe they learned their lesson with Will Myers and what they're going through with Hosmer. You just figure, all right, well, let's just run the course with them and then just fucking let them drift out into the night, right? Yeah. For both of them. Yeah. Again, right now, for a team that's always looking for offense, it seems like 
it stinks to get two outs at the bottom of the lineup. But the, I, the good news is yeah. you don't have you don't have a pitcher hitting for the forever again. So that kind of helps you out if you can get another bat in. Right, and and so four hedges. When you bring it up, I I've just never been a fan. And I guys I trust, guys you trust in the game, they go ah, kid's pretty special behind the plate, pretty special. All right, but he can't fucking hit. No, he can't hit. What about Mejia? No. <laughs> so, so I mean, I get it. I mean, yeah. I do. I get it. I did hear Hedges like a week ago where he was talking about hitting 400. Uh, we were talking about it with Brett. Yeah. And he's like, well, if I'm hitting 400, something's going on. Like, he was funny. Yeah. Like, I give him credit for that. I've never met the dude. Like I say, he could be great. But he, boy, he has rubbed a lot of the fan base the wrong way. I'm not at the level that miserable Padre fan and others are. Where he says he just drives around with his finger out the window, <laughs> hoping that he drives by Austin Hedges. Oh, my God. That was the funniest. I was like, wow. No, it, no, it's not there at all. I, I just wish the rest of this team was good enough where you could, where hedges you could afford to to yeah. say, hey, you know what, the fucking kid's hitting one ninety. Yeah. But so many of our other guys are crushing it that we don't have to really worry about it. Yeah. Now you go, all right. Well, let's look at the outfield. You go, fam. Yep. Fam's a pretty special player. You wonder if he's going to be the DH because he's coming back off that injury. Could be. Yeah. Right. Yep. Then you go uh, Grisham in center. It could, it could be Grisham in center. Yep. When I mean, I mean Cordero, but can can anybody look at Cordero and say it's he's going to he be healthy? healthy? Yeah. Then you got Myers. Yep. Huge fucking question mark, right? Yep. Now let's move into the infield. Hosmer, huge fucking question mark. Yeah. Profar. Yep. Huge question mark. Defensively, right? yeah, especially defensively. Tatis, stud. Yep. Machado. Yep. I think Machado's going to have a good year. Okay, good. So right now, Dave, that's pretty solid. And then we get yep. to hedges. So right now we got uh, three guys. Yeah. That we're confident on, and they all happen to be on the left side of the line, uh, the field. Yeah. They announced their 60-man roster tonight, by the way, the Padres, who they're, oh. they're going to bring. All right. They're bringing five catchers in. Who are the five? Okay. it's uh, Torrens on there? Uh, they have, yeah, Luis Torrens. They have uh, Webster Rivas. They have Francisco Mejia, Austin Hedges, and Capasano. All right. Uh, C.J. Abrams, did he make he, it? He's there, and he's he's not expected to play, but he's one of those guys they want to keep active. You Taylor know, you Trammell? understand? Uh, Taylor Trammell's, uh I believe he's there as well. Let me see real quick. Yeah, he is. All right, he's there as well. Uh, what about Gore and Patino? Absolutely, they're there. First two guys I looked for. So you have eight left-handed pitchers they brought in, and eighteen right-handed pitchers. Interesting. Yeah, twelve infielders, nine outfielders. Twelve infielders, yeah. huh? Wow. Uh, all right, so let's. Well, yeah, I guess we'll see Ty France. Ty France, of course, is there. Yeah. Cool. And Greg Garcia is there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just go, all right, it's, look, man, I hope they're just given the chance to okay, play. Okay, here's a question for you. I thought they brought in Dozier, right? Didn't they yeah. Bring, yeah, Dozier's not on this roster. No, you know what? He got cut uh, right before they got sent oh, home. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, right before he got they got sent okay, home, he got released. It. Okay. Yeah, I remember that was... They just kind of were like, ah, yeah. It's not going to work. No, not going to work. Look, I, I hope it works. I will just say this. I know there are a lot of people. I mean, Dave, you see it everywhere, right? Yeah. I yeah. was in Coronado again today. 
we're at a park, but I'll say this. That's why I don't know on hedges. My kids and I didn't have a mask on, but it's only the three of us. We yeah. had them readily available. Nobody was within 40 yards of us. If we went anywhere where there were people, we all had a mask. We Good. put it on. Here's why you wear a fucking mask. So your kids can get back to school. Yes. You dicks. Let your fucking kids get out of the house. Let them enjoy whatever grade they're in. From third grade, Bowwoods in preschool. My kids are in eighth grade. For anybody in high school that just wants to get out yeah. and enjoy life with their buddy and ride bikes and be part of it, how about doing it for them, you fucking assholes? God <laughs> damn it. I swear to God, there is a great Twitter follow. Karen's Gone Wild. I love it. And it is all videos of these stupid fucks losing their shit in Galsons or Trader yeah. Joe's. I saw some lady today... And she got mad because they weren't going to serve her. And she just started taking everything out of her cart and throwing that. it. Fuck you. It was in Dallas, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, she's yelling fuck you at every throw. And throwing then, steaks. Yeah. Right. And then there was a lady. She had those big jelly arms. And she, there's always that person in the back, right? Like this lady's just yelling at the clerk and it's filmed from like way behind. Like they're trying to sneak the camera up. Yeah. And then they'll always, hey, you know what? I don't need a mask. I have a medical condition. My doctor says, and then there'll be some lone voice way in the back. Hey, give it a rest. <laughs> Who the fuck said that? <laughs> That's what I live for. <laughs> then they lose. Hey, did I invite you in this conversation? And they go like, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, why don't you just get out? Everybody's got a mask on. Hey, fuck you. I'm not fucking talking to you. <laughs> it's just like, it's Katie bar the door. But I tell you this, man. Yeah. God damn, dude. There are more people dropping words that start with the letter N. Holy shit. To people. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's just horrible. I do like uh, I do like when people do something crazy, crazy stupid. I mean, yeah. And all of a sudden, underneath, especially on Twitter, here's their boss's phone number. Oh, people will find out where yeah. you work. Good, and they go call this person's boss. Good. A guy did it at Kansas State yesterday, and he and he claimed he's big time Christian, and then all of a sudden he he congratulated George Floyd on being 30, 30 days sober. Oh, my and God. then Kansas State. Christian, as he says in his bio, and right away, here's his boss's phone number. Call it on Monday. Let this guy know that here's a guy that works for a university Ugh. who couldn't be more of a fucking racist, and and boom. I was like, good luck, asshole. You know, go ahead, learn. Because, man, we don't want people like you. We just don't want people anymore. Your, your, your act is tired. <sighs> and if Mississippi can get their shit straight today and change their fucking state flag, you can get your shit straight. Did they change it? Yeah, they changed it today. What'd they do? Put the silhouette of the Manning family? They <laughs> so they, and they lost a, a player, which was great that yeah. the player said, hey, here's my, my stance. I'm leaving. And so four people voted against changing it. Oh <laughs> Someone wrote God. underneath, hey, who were the four racists? Yeah. <laughs> but but it, it is insane. This mask thing is so weird. There's some people who... Look, say this all the time. I don't care if you're left or right. This pandemic doesn't care what political party right. you're part of. It hurts when the president's not wearing a mask. And that makes it sound like you don't have to wear one. Because now yeah. I think a lot of people go, I'm not wearing a mask if my president's not going to wear one. It looks like I'm not supporting him. 
But Looks like I'm man, a sheep. Our numbers are going through the fucking roof. Dude, a thousand new cases in San Diego this weekend alone. Insane. This weekend alone. And, and as you mentioned, going back to school seems scary. Sounds like they're going to start closing everything else that we were happy they were opening. We had a we had a baseball practice uh, yesterday and today, and it was nice yeah. to be back on the field. And we talked about it with the kids and the social distancing and the masks and and everything else that goes into it. But I'm like, it's only a matter of time before yeah. they're going to end up saying, "Hey, baseball's gone too." Even though we just got you back, the numbers are just too scary to to take they, a chance. They started shutting down bars again in L.A. Yeah. and Fresno, San Bernardino. But goddamn, man! I mean, we're gonna get hit here again. Yeah. Which is nobody, nobody gives a shit. We just live in a society where it's like, hey, what about me? You do what you gotta do, but you know what? Fuck you! I'm enjoying my freedom, and we're all gonna get fucked over again because nobody gets it or nobody wants to believe it. And look, Dave, I'm sure you have friends too that you go, they're really good people, trustworthy people, and they think it's. They don't think it's a hoax, but they think it's overblown. Yeah. Uh, one of my very close friends who dropped the hoax line, and it's overblown, his daughter got it this week. Good. And he goes, fuck, dude. I, goes, I, I was playing with karma. Yeah. I just looked at him. I'm good, dude. I hope your daughter's okay. That's I mean, it. holy shit. That's it. Our good friend uh, Sean Salisbury's fighting it. Really? He got Sean it, Sean got it and uh, sent him a message. Sat for about 10 days. Said he was, to the best of his knowledge he goes man i thought i was really doing everything taking all the precautions and he just wrote a thing yesterday said he hasn't had the nausea but he's been laid out just tired no sense of smell no sense of taste yeah that's what Rody gobert said today he said he had it for what four months ago he's one of the first guys yeah same thing sense of smell hasn't come back really yeah damn uh, it, it just to me man I'd like my kids to have the ability to go back to school. Of course. I'd like be normal all, kids. Yeah, all your kids. Look, it fucks with them. Yeah. I heard uh, I'm a big fan of Tim Conway's show on KFI. He had a doctor the other day. He goes, dude, you wouldn't leave your dog in the house as much as we have for the last three months. Like we've expected our yeah. kids to live there. And he goes, it's just not fair. It's not healthy for their mental development. They got to be out moving around and socially interacting with yeah. other people and dude it definitely has made an impact i know for a fact my kids are just like you're they're just a little bit more on edge because you just don't have the ability to go out and burn off steam and the other problem is too like a lot of us have my kids live in a complex where they're hoa they're a prison board yeah and they have a back play area and they can't go back there and shoot hoops so they can't go back there and play catch because the hoa is convinced that everybody has it and those guys don't know shit. HOA boards are all people that are retired and have yep. way too much time on their hands. And they get some raw authority because nobody else wants to do it. You got voted in by process of elimination. Nobody else wanted that shitty job, you yeah. dumb shit. Nobody thought you were the next Pete Wilson. So fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. What have you done? You guys have accomplished one thing. All of you have put the same sign up on the community pool, which is, hey, if you have the shit, stay out of the pool. Well, God bless you. God damn it. I swear, I hey, from six feet away, accept my bro hug. You really, <laughs> uh, you really, you really outdid yourself. That's it. That's all the HOA has done. HOA at uh, my former place, everybody had the front of their curbs painted yellow. It looks ridiculous. 
And the reason why is some dipshit who'd lived there nine years came up, came in at night, some woman, and tripped with her groceries. Lived there nine years, forgot where the curb Jesus. was. So everybody had to have their curb painted yellow. Boy, I bet that was a whole fucking nail biter for the HOA to get that one done. And our <laughs> HOA voted a guy who's on the Megan's Law. That's oh, how Christ. great our complex is. Jesus. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. You know, it, it's strange for guys like you and I where it feels like as 2020 is going through, we're just waiting for these months to pass. Dude. You know, but if you're a kid, remember what it was like when you're a kid and yes. a slow time moves? You got to be losing your mind. If you're a kid, you're losing your mind going, this is my summer. Fuck, uh, man. What, what, what's going on? This is terrible. I figured, look, I figured this out. I've said this a few times. I'm lucky in the fact I have about two weeks of vacation. You put a couple bucks in the bank because you haven't done anything for nine months, right? One thing I'd like to do is go to fucking Toronto for a week and figure this shit out. I don't think I can go for a year. Yeah. I'm not even exaggerating. Yeah. Like, the border's shut to the end of July. But I don't think, am I wrong? Canada doesn't want anyone from the United God, States coming no, over. They, would Europe you? Doesn't, no. If, no. I, if I was any other country, I'd say, all our numbers are going down. You guys can get your shit together. Now, the one thing will be, and I heard this the other day, too, that there are over 100 different companies right now in an absolute sprint to develop the vaccine. Good. Now, you get that done. Do you get a flu shot? Um, if I'm there and they make me get it, like if I'm at the doctor and they go, Hey, you, you didn't get a flu shot. All right, I'll do it. But I don't go out of my way. Does it have any shot. reaction to you? No, I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. I've not had a flu shot in 15 years. And you never get the flu. No, I have enough other problems, but I don't <laughs> get the flu. I have bird flu, but I think I start getting that every year. I, I really do. I send my kids today. I, I'm such a dumbass. Here was my, here was my theory on the, the flu shot. And a lot of you will be, hey, but I know a lot of you think the same thing. Dave, I didn't get it because I heard the goddamn rumors that getting the flu shot can give you the flu. Well, because they give you a strand of it. Yeah. So you're used to it. So your body builds up a, basically a tolerance to it. Yeah. But but when. Yeah, I've never felt anything. Okay. When the yeah. COVID uh, vaccine comes out. Um, oh, yeah. And I think that will open a lot of things up. And they're saying that will happen within the year. I hope. And I think we look at things. I don't know if you look at Facebook memories, things that happened a year ago today or where you were, whatever. Well, that shit goes by pretty quick. I mean, it'll be July in a week, right? It's July this week. Yeah, 4th of July, next weekend. Uh, We'll have fun. Don't shoot Roman candles at anybody. (laughs) But, um, you know, we'll get through it. But then once they have that, now, Dave, when they have the vaccine, will we all get like a laminated card, like that bullshit one that people oh, yeah, are bringing into stores? Oh, that's funny. That'll say, hey, I'm ready to go. And will that open the border? Will we be able to go in, right? Yeah, God dang it. That's interesting. I don't know. I tell you what, even when it does come out, I'm sure I'm going to do like a lot of people are going to do. I want to see Stephen Woods get it first right. and see how he reacts. I and think then, a lot of people do. And then after I look at him for a month, then I'll go do it. Did you see his tweet today? <laughs> Which one? I just put my phone down. The one that he's the brother from La Bamba? He doesn't look anything like no. Isai Morales. And if I'm Isai Morales, I'm kicking the shit out of him just for that comparison. Hey, when did quarantine turn me into Bob from... What? <laughs> you got a funhouse mirror in your house, you asshole? Dude, but I love the bull because... 
Goddamn, Issa Morales was great in that movie. When's the last time you thought about Bob and La Baba? That was funny well, dude, as shit. When, I thought about him when I watched Ozark. Right. <laughs> That's when I thought about him. Hey, I'll say this, Dave. Just circling back to how we started. When you talked about 690 and you talked about private parts. Dude, I went back and watched the movie today that was a huge impact for me. And that's Eric Bogosian. Was on today? Uh, no, I, I okay. have it. It finally came out on Blu-ray. Talk okay. radio. Yeah. Directed by Oliver Stone. And uh, it's out on Blu-ray, but it's like 35 bucks. Like, what? And I have the old DVD. And so all these, like, I mean, I don't even have a DVD player anymore. You can just play yeah. your PS4. But everything just ingrained, improves the quality. So I was like, well, do I? I mean, it's a pretty important movie for me. Um, but I was like, do I need to spend 35 bucks Blu-ray? No. And you go back and you watch, man. Bogosian's so good. The guy... Bogosian's one of those guys that should have had a better career because he's that good of an actor. Right. He wrote the whole thing. And I read this interview with him. Now, see, I thought it had always been based on Alan Berg. Yeah, me too. The talk show host in Denver who'd been murdered. And what Bogosian said was, he goes, dude, I'd already done the play 300 times by the time Berg got murdered. Wow. That's a pretty wild book. Talk to death, Stephen Singular, about what Alan Berg was doing with the white supremacists in Denver on KOA. Yeah. But he said, um, by the time Oliver Stone was ready to make the movie, the Singular book had come out. And he goes, we bought it. And he said... The play, if you saw the play, and I would have loved to see it. I didn't realize it was 2008. It felt more recent than that. Leif Schreiber, Ray Donovan. Really? Did the play and also the voice of HBO Sports, right? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Leif Schreiber did the play on Broadway like 10 years wow. ago. But the play is only takes place in the radio studio. Uh, what Bogosian said was a lot of the things that you see from outside were based on the singular book. So he goes, yeah, once we owned it, we took some. But he said the character of Barry Champlain and everything that happens to him, he goes, I'd already written it by the time wow. we'd done it 200 times. But if you're fascinated by talk radio, uh, John C. McGinley, who you've seen, he was in Office Space. Yeah. He was fucking great on Scrubs. He plays Stu, the board op. Oh, wow. Alec Baldwin's the national That's right. That's right. guy. and uh, But, dude, watching McGinley run the board, it's like, yeah, that's, that's right. the way it was, man. Forgot. That was life. So sorry to go back to that. But, um, but if you want a really cool movie that kind of shows you outside of the $9 million studio that they have, uh, Bogosian is really, really yeah. good. That's a good one. That's probably the closest that I've ever seen. Right, because private parts is autobiographical. Yeah. As far as a fictional deal, Gary Cole did Nightcaller years ago on NBC, and the first two years of that was really, really good. That yeah. kind of had a vibe of would kind of take you in, especially doing nighttime radio. But, um, but yeah. Anyways, and then one final note for you. Otherwise, I'll forget. I uh, didn't know if you saw this. Scott Kaplan today posted an image of the new owner of 1090 down in Mexico. They're getting ready to turn the signal on. They're, wow. they're moving forward. And I was very interested to see who was with Bill in the picture, Dave Sniff. Wow. And I sent our boss, put this show on the air 20 years ago, uh, and I sent Kaplan a message. I go, is Dave Sniff part of your team? And he said he's a huge part of what we're trying to do right now. Dave was let go from KFMB and... Uh, 
I mean, come on. Yeah. Dude, for you and me, That's right? Awesome. As great as it gets. So, yeah, I'm really excited for Scott and for Dave and for the guys at the new 1090. I don't know what role Sniffer will play if it's limited. I didn't ask. But I was really, really happy to see that he's involved in that. Fantastic cool. dude. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was cool, right? Yeah. That's great, a good great hire. Guy. Real quick, before we get to uh, get to the commercials, uh, you reminded me of this whole COVID-19. So a lot of people have done these Zoom calls. If you've never done a Zoom call, you've yep. probably done a Zoom call in the last four months. I had a Zoom call about a week ago with 60 of my baseball players, guys that I'm wow. trying to set up for the summer. Okay. So I okay. got... 60 guys on this screen and anyone who does a zoom call understands when you're the one talking basically you can see everyone else but you're the only one that shows up basically on yeah. their, their screen i had a kid jeff who quit because he told his mom coach dave was looking right at me and didn't acknowledge me and i was like what did you say and she goes coach Dave was looking right at me didn't acknowledge me the whole time you i don't want to play for him yeah i can't and i was him. like Tell your dumb fucking kid to get the fuck out of here. I couldn't believe it. I was like, does your kid watch TV and scream at Barbara Lee and shit yeah, for not acknowledging you, him either? Are you out of oh. your fucking mind? There are a few of those nut jobs dude, out there too, holy right? Holy shit, dude. I was like, this is to be the dumbest kid on the planet. Fuck. How am I expected to get the steel sign, you fucking asshole? I'm looking right at you, <laughs> coach. I didn't but. acknowledge him. I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Not Jesus. What the goddamn Stupid youth of shit. America. All right, somebody who's really smart is Dan Williams. Yes. Dan's the guy that wants to help you be debt-free. He wants to help you get out of the rental market. He wants to help you buy a home. He wants to help you get your finances in order. You're seeing more and more on Twitter. People that have listened to the show have called Dan Williams, and guess what? He has helped them out financially, and they're buying those homes. 858-688-6813. This is a call you need to make if you're concerned about your finances and what's going to happen through the upcoming year. 858-688-6813. Unbelievable. What he can do for you, done so much for so many people, including Angel. Man, my weekend was made when Angel posted pictures yes. of his new home and Dan helped him get there. Uh, it's really simple, Dave, because when your credit starts to move and you get it in that number when you go, hey, the banks want to talk to me. They're not running away from me. It's a really great feeling, and all of you deserve it. It starts with a phone call, 858-688-6813. Brian Kerr is your guy when it comes to buying that new house. Guess what? I'll get you in the neighborhood you want to be in. Talk to a guy from IB today. Told me Where? you're crazy. IB is fantastic. Oh. Brian is not taking me to IB for a reason. He has listened to Jeff. He understands that it's off. IB is great. We can put all our sewage there, and nobody says anything. <laughs> Brian Kerr will help you find that Moi perfect home. He will not take an IB or That's City That's very Heights. good in Spanish. I, I got that part. Thank you. Again, Brian Curry, for that perfect home, he's been doing it for more than 20 years. He's the guy you need to talk to. Couldn't be happier that he represents us. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. I have a complete confession to make. Everything that you hear coming up is true. I would not lie. You can put me on the truth uh, serum. You can hook me up to a lie detector, and I will can. Uh, tell you the truth. I've seen three homes over the weekend. Okay. Uh, the question is, Dave, because my sons and I, yesterday we were in Poway. We were at Kaminsky's great little place, super fun. But we were up there, and as we're driving through, I was telling them Kaminsky's used to be dad's. Dad's, if you remember, was the bar 
where David Westerfield was Holy with shit. the Van Damme family and everything going on. Now, the original dad's burned, so Kaminsky's has been rebuilt. And just as you're making way around town, man, it's really fun, and they're all really safe, and we just had a blast. So I was sharing with my sons. I go, man, this was pretty big story in San Diego in 2000. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, wow, you know, where, where'd they live? I go, shit, we were up here for KFMB. They lived right up there. So we saw the Westerfield house. Oh, Christ. Today, we were in Coronado. We're in Coronado. We're having lunch. And my son and his mom had watched uh, Discovery Channel, and they told the story about that Sheckley family. Remember Sheckley? Yep. Were the, uh, just a beautiful little six-year-old boy that had fallen down and got hurt. Uh, got, I mean, passed away tragically. And then the whole story about the fiancé and the fiancé passed away. Well, that's right on Ocean Avenue, right next to Crown Manor. I had shown them Crown Manor in the past. Remember Bill Clinton stayed yeah. there for a week? I didn't realize like three doors down was where that all took place. And so we saw that house. And then my son said, hey, I've been watching USA Network with mom. And we've been watching the Betty Broderick story. Jesus. I said, well, goddamn, we've only seen two. We might as well go see all three. So, Dave, I've seen all three. Holy fuck. And my son said... In Coronado is we're on Ocean Avenue. We're walking, masks on. Dad, you think that house is expensive? I go, I don't know. I mean, we're in Coronado. You can see the fucking ocean right there. Looks like it's about 17 rooms. Probably not. I just looked at him. Dave, I have a question for you. As somebody that is in the housing market right now, if our man Brian Curry came to you and said, Dave, Man, I've got an amazing house for you, and we can get it at an incredible discount. But there's a catch. And the catch is, okay, let's take these right in order. These are stay or go, okay? These houses are in. I'm going to give you four houses. You tell me stay or go if they're in your, uh, they're in your price range. Yeah. They're exactly maybe even better than what your budget is. The first house we get you out of here, you're back in Los Angeles. The problem is you're at uh, on the 700 block of Elm Avenue. You're in the Menendez Brothers' house. <laughs> you're in Beverly Hills. A lot of people driving by every day. I think I'm in. You would go there? Why not? Uh, all right, I'll, give it, I'll add one. Uh, Dave, I couldn't get you in there. They did not accept our offer, but I think we've got your offer accepted on Bundy Drive. It's where Nicole lived. Oh, no, not Nicole's place. OJ's place, yes. Nicole's place, no. All right. What about David Westerfield's house no way. in That's Saber the Springs? number one out. That's the number one no way. No way, right? No way. Anything with a pedophile shit's crazy. No way. Um, the Coronado house, knowing that, that knowing what happened with the little boy and knowing if what- If I can live in Coronado, yeah. God, that one to me is- It's Coronado. Uh, what about the Dan Broderick house where where he got shot in that in that bedroom? Probably not. Probably not. Right? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Look, man, I don't know any of the people. There's somebody living in yeah. every one of those. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a, I, the point of this being Brian Curry is going to find you the house of your dreams. Yeah. And guess what? 
Nobody got murdered in there. No. Have you ever seen the movie The World According to Garp? With oh, yeah, Williams? yeah, yeah. With the plane? Yeah, where he's looking at that house and the plane goes right through the fucking second floor and he turns to the real estate agent and goes, we'll take it. Yeah, never happened again. Yeah, the chances of this happening again, never. We'll John, take it. John Lithgow? Yeah. <laughs> that was a crazy movie, man. That was a yeah. crazy movie. I remember I was, dude, I don't know, 10 years old and I remember that dude got his dick bitten off on a blowjob. Remember? Yes. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck just happened? That whole movie <laughs> left you like that. Uh, I don't know. I just saw some crazy houses, and I'm like, yeah, that's a great thing about Brian Curry, man. You're just going to go in. You're going to be like, this is a great house. What happened here? Dude, you should have your, your kid do an internship for Brian Curry. Yeah, is this expensive? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I would guess. I mean, I'm not, I'm not Brian. But it looks like it's about 11 rooms, and we're, well, that's weird. That's the ocean right there. And you can pretty much hopscotch across the street. Uh, we're in the Coronado uh, zip code. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. Yes, final answer. <laughs> get back to the car. Oh, my God. You look at his brother when he asked that question? Uh, it was one of those. You just look at him? Yeah. What the fuck? Well, I'll, Well, here's... Let me tell you about his brother. So the first one's Cade. My uh, Max wife put a, a very cool, meaningful sign. Uh, she lives in the lower unit. We have a neighbor upstairs. And you go up about eight steps, and there's a little platform, and then you go up another eight steps, and you're at my neighbor divorce house. So on the platform, she has put up a sign that's, very meaningful in these times about Black Lives Matter and just the whole thing. And so I saw that as I'm driving in, dropping them off today. I go, wow, that's a pretty good sign. My son Jack goes, divorce black. <laughs> He's only been at every one of your birthday parties since you were little. I go, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and his brother who asked me about the price of houses in Coronado goes, oh, my God. I go, hey, don't you start. I go, you know what, guys? Why don't you both get out of the car? I'm just going to have a, a quick cry right here. <laughs> Very matter-of-factly. I'm like, that's a pretty bold statement, buddy. You got anything to back it up? I go, yeah, I, I happen to know that. He's in my phone, you asshole. Well, divorce black. Oh, God. <laughs> but I have a slight oh, clue where... Uh, they might have gotten it from. I was on a call the other day. I'm telling a story, and I said to that friend of mine, is your phone nearby? She's like, well, I think so. I'm talking to you on it. I'm like, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. I have nowhere to talk. <laughs> I want to mention Alan Taylor, Taylor made pools. Look, tell you all the time, you're going to wish you had that yep. pool. It's hard to find a good place to go swimming. Guess what? Those community pools are closed. Alan Taylor told you guys. Yeah. I've been around for more than 20 years. Why don't you give me a fucking call? Guess what? He could build a pool of your dreams. Jeff throws specials at you every fucking week. What are you waiting for? Alan Taylor's your guy for the full remodel. If you have a brand new pool that you want to put in your backyard, he can help design it for you, give you an idea of what it's going to look like with the 3D designs virtual tours. 619-449-4452. Uh, we all have Instagram. Yep. And I think, Dave, like the most risque follow I have, I mean, I follow all of you. Other than Lisa Ann. Yeah. 
And she's just posting throwback pictures from Italy, right? She's not doing anything wild. How come every time you go to search for somebody on Instagram... Good point. You get like some 50-year-old MILF in a bikini. Yeah. Right? I got them too. Okay. Well, I don't know. Is it just... Uh, I don't like, know any every of them. Time. But they're, yeah, there are like 20 of them on that page. You're like, what the fuck do they come from? And they're all liked by Sweeney. Oh, yeah. You're like, well, who's this? That definitely yeah. caught my eye. Like by Swing Dog. You go, well, goddamn, he's a solid resource. He's never led me astray. <laughs> well, all I know is that my point being is that all, right? Like, are we the only ones getting it? Are you guys all getting like boy bands? Are you getting like oh color me bad? No, I'm getting the same ones you're getting. Dude, you want to hear something funny? I was talking to Josh and I was saying, hey, man, I go, we should figure out some sort of a show. We got all this shit sitting here all the time. You're bored out of your fucking mind. And he goes, dude, what if we do a show where we just evaluate these Instagram models? Yes. And, I, he, go, and he goes, you think anyone's going to listen? And I go, well, Swinney will listen. Yeah, he'd be good. <laughs> we got one. <laughs> uh, I like. I don't think, Dave, I don't, I don't have anybody else that I could think yeah. of. I don't follow even yeah. Missy Martinez. No. She's a friend. Yes. Um. But the point on this being is that when you look at all of them, they yeah. all have insane pools. Oh, yeah, they do. So I think it's pretty simple math. Yeah, they they, if you look in the distance, all of them have that same sign built yeah. by TaylorMade Pools. Yeah. So there you go. Build a fucking pool, and you're going to have these chicks like a little lost cat. They're going to be scratching at your back gate. Hey, I'm in town from Italy. Yeah. I have to shoot pictures for Instagram. What do you think? I think, come on back. I'll put a couple of dogs on the grill. <laughs> but you got to build that tailor-made pool first. And when they all come over, we'll, uh, Dave and Josh will do a live version of that show right there in your backyard. Can't wait. Oh, my gosh. I, I ran into uh, a listener, Manny, who's a Patreon subscriber this weekend. Appreciate and he, it. And he said, love the show. I listen to every single one of them. He goes, I'll still say the coolest thing about you guys is that you're friends with Lee Sand. I go, yeah, not bad. I go, we fucking know it. Not only that, Manny, hate to brag, I've seen her naked. <laughs> Sorry to brag. Kyle Fluker is your guy for that perfect website, design, you, na- you name it, whatever you need. He can build it for you. He can fix it for you. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Man, it makes such an impact. When you're trying to do anything uh, in business, and especially now, Dave, I, I today was downtown on our way to Coronado. We took a drive through downtown. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing when you see the destruction going on at Horton Plaza. They're starting to tear it down. And my kids were saying, man, like you said that was a cool mall. I go, yeah, the mall's going away. And that's probably been fast-tracked because nobody wants... I mean, the mall was already going away in 2019. Now with COVID and everything else we've seen in 2020, who wants to be in a mall with 10,000 people mouth-breathing, eating Wetzel's pretzels? (laughs) So if you have a small business, people need to be caught immediately when they make that... Does he look healthy? No, neither one of them look at... We're at Sports Center right now. Neither Sheffer doesn't look good and, and Levy doesn't look good. Yeah, he looks like he needs Gatorade. <laughs> uh, it's an IV drip right now. Yeah, but right off the bat, somebody's going to look at your website and they're going to determine yay or nay just that quickly. Yeah. 
And the way you flip them to yay is by giving Kyle a call, telling him uh, Dave and Jeff sent you. All right, here we go. We're going to play two games here. How old are they and how much are they worth? Also, stay or goes. Stay or goes will be Jeff has to pick which Padre manager. Stay or goes. He's got Billy Bathgate as a book. Look right up. I see that. You're right. Come on, Adam. <laughs> Come on. You're better than that. You're better than that. All, All right. right. How old are they and how much are they worth? June 28th. we got a bunch of them, actually. Elon Musk we're going to start off with. Damn, I like this. Uh, I'm going to say is worth first i'm gonna say two billion. Oh, not even close more two yeah much more damn uh all right i'll go six billion not even close how much is he worth 22 billion is that yeah. right holy shit is he uh i'm gonna say 47 49 damn okay here's what's interesting he's been married three times six really? children three times wow wow yeah how about that kathy bates Okay, we've seen that lady freaking out in Barnes & Noble about the misery books. Yeah. She's just fucking around, right? I have no idea. The lady where yeah. she's calling for uh, Paul's books? Yeah. Like, she's playing the Kathy Bates I hope character. So. Right? Now Come on. You don't know. Uh, Kathy Bates, I'm going to say, is 64. 72. No shit. Yep. I bet Kathy Bates drink a few beers with her. Oh. She'd be pretty funny. She probably would be. Memphis, uh, Tennessee girl. Yeah. Dude, pretty cool. I'm going to say $8 million. $32 million. Oh, wow. Good for her. Here's one. One of my dad's favorites. I never thought he was as great as my dad did, but Mel Brooks. God damn, dude. Is Mel Brooks 99? 94. 94. Okay. Uh, $30 million. $100 million. God damn. I'm way off on the numbers today. All okay. Right. Two more for you. One of them's dead, but this one's not. John Elway. 60. I saw that exactly today because right. of Schefter. Okay. Uh, Schefter tweeted that out today. Um, I don't know. You know, funny, Dave. I don't know that I would have gotten that for Elway being sixty, but I guess it's yeah. right there. Oh, dude, he's got to have bank. He had those car dealerships. Yeah. I'm gonna say Elway's a hundred million. One hundred and fifty-five million. Damn. God damn. I'm so terrible right now. I tell you what. One thing about Elway, I remember is all the years we've been in these NFL locker rooms. When he got done playing the Chargers after a game, I've never seen a guy that was bruised from the back of right? his head to the all the way to his heels, completely purple. I the other thing that I remember about Elway is he was he had his back turned as he got ready, and his spine looked like a, a yeah, Z. You're right. Like he looked like he like. Yeah, looked like he wasn't in shape at all. But it need all a chiropractor. Up. Oh, big time! But Probably about five it. inches taller if he fixed that spine. God, I loved watching Elway play. Uh, all right, all right. This one's dead. Pat Morita. Ah, oh, shit. Let me ask you this real quick yeah. while I calculate it. Better role for Pat Morita, Arnold or Mister Miyagi? Dude, it's Mister Miyagi. He was pretty good as Arnold. He was pretty funny. Uh, he was so good as Miyagi. God damn. I'm going to say, I think, let's say he would have been 85 today. 88 today. 88. Died at age 73. Damn. And I'm going to say he was worth uh, $9 million. $5 million. All right. $5 million bucks. Yeah, you've had better days. Yeah. Hey, listen, I got it. All right. Austin Hedges is like, dude, let's go. Maybe your kids threw you off on they good did. decision making. All right, stay or goes. These are former Padre managers. First, I'm going to ask you, since A.J. Preller's been GM mm -hmm. of the Padres in 2014 when he was named GM, how many managers has he hired? Oh. Or has he had, I should say. Oh, shit. Let's see. I should be able to do this really quick. He inherited, he inherited Bud. Yep. Bud went, then it was Dave Roberts. That's correct. Then it was Pat Murphy. Yes. Then it was Andy Green. Yes. Then it was Rod Barajas. 
And now we're to Jay Stigler. I thought you'd miss Barajas. Yeah, no, we got it. Pretty good. Six. Damn. Six. Yeah, I heard you. I mean, it's in fucking insane. When you think about it, six, they haven't in had like a, five uh, years. Yeah, and you haven't had a winning <laughs> yeah. record. And it's no. your fault. They've had six. Not my fault. That asshole's yeah. fault. Jesus Christ, dude. All right, here we go. Stayer goes again. Jeff has to make a decision. The first one's, I think, the toughest one. Okay. Bruce Bochy, Bud Black. Ah, uh, Bud's out. Bud's out. You Love like them buddy. both. Yeah, you like Love them both. Love Buddy, but uh, Bochy's the man. Larry Boa, Jim Riggleman. Oh, shit. That's funny. Uh, don't know either guy. Uh, I'm going to keep Riggs. Yeah, I think Riggs, remember when he when I started covering the pods, he was the manager. Never wore the undershirt. Kind of had it unbuttoned like yeah. Steve Yeager. My guess is Riggleman was a coxman. Off That's the, what off, I off heard. I heard yeah. he was a real puss hound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know that to be true. Could just be a rumor, but there's worse things to be said, right? Yes. Andy Green, Dick Williams. Oh, Andy. Oh, I'm with you. I was Andy's you great. Dick Williams, you're oh, crazy. Yeah, no, you don't need that asshole screaming oh, at you. Oh, fuck no. Andy's great. Like, he made me nuts as a... Uh, it's like... It's like uh, Fucking Mike McCoy. Yeah. Mike McCoy off the air was a fucking great yeah. guy. You just didn't want him coaching. Andy was cool as shit. Dick Williams is old school. He's the kind of guy that walk around your island naked. He, remember he got busted <laughs> in Vegas doing that. Oh, fuck. You're right. He got busted <laughs> in Vegas. 100%. All right. Here we go. This one will probably be easy for you, but I want you to think about it. Don Zimmer. Yeah. Or Jerry Coleman. Uh, Jerry, 100%. <laughs> and the last one will be the last two. It's Rod Bross and Jace Tingler. Uh, God, I don't know either guy, but they, Barajas is still part of the staff, right? I don't think he is at all. I think he's out. I thought he hung around. I think he, I think they blew him out. I think he got like eight games. Was it like one in seven or some yeah. shit? Yeah. I thought he stuck around for a role on that staff. Um, why take, not? Everybody's on the payroll. I'll take Tingler. Okay. I tell you, I'd go Barajas. Uh, one quick thing, because Matty Boy brought it up and I, I don't want to forget it. Matty Boy was frustrated with the NHL lottery the other day. So, Dave, I, I can't even begin to tell you what the math was, but the NHL had their lottery draft the other day. Ducks ended up at six. Um, Detroit, who really was the worst team in the league, ended up at fourth. Ottawa, who had two chances... Ended up at three and five. They got San Jose's pick. They end up at three. Then they had their own pick at five. The Kings were supposed to be fourth. They ended up at number two. And this is the craziest shit. Because of the way the math worked, they didn't even determine who the number one pick is. Because they're going to have eight playing series. Yeah. I think it's best of three. But because they eliminated the regular season and there were too many teams that were too close, you couldn't just say, hey, the, the top eight and the top eight make it. it. It just was too close. So the NHL did something cool. They have, they're going to have eight play-in series and eight teams will get in. Other teams have already advanced. But this was the crazy shit. All of those eight teams had... Like a ball. See, more like the numbers, right? Not specific to Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Chicago. And goddamn if one of those teams isn't going to end up with the number one pick. Wow. So, again, the Kings are two, Ottawa's three, Detroit's four, Ottawa's five, Anaheim's six, and then out you go. 
This is an extremely deep draft for the NHL. At number two, the Kings are probably expected to take Quentin Byfield, young kid, big physical center. He's like 6'4", 215. The Kings, Dave, have an insane farm system, like remind, reminding you of what the Padres had yeah. a couple years ago. I really thought as they were coming down and there were two left, I thought, holy shit, the Kings are going to get number one. They didn't, but they're going to get number two. They've got a couple of guys at center in Gabe Velarde and Alex Turcotte that are awesome. They've got young goalies coming up. Kings are really loaded. But why this becomes fascinating now, and even Ottawa's going to get two great players, Detroit, even the Ducks, the first 10 are really, really solid. But there's a very impactful player that will be number one chosen. His name's Alexi Lafreniere. Maddie was really upset with it. But I'll say this. I love the Kings. But the King, I don't know that Lafreniere with the Kings is the best fit because games start at 10 o'clock, right? Now what's going to happen, what becomes fascinating is Montreal plays Pittsburgh is what is expected to happen. Lafreniere is from Montreal. If Pittsburgh wins, Montreal now gets one of the eight that are dropped in. Yeah. Chicago could end up with one of those. Minnesota could end up with one of those. Edmonton, Pittsburgh. Once these eight are done, you're going to have eight very, very interesting opportunities for a guy that is expected to be like a Crosby, Ovechkin, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews level player in Alexi Lafreniere. Dave, looking at it for the sport of hockey, if he ends up in Montreal, holy cow, would that be great? Yeah. It would be great. So I don't know when the NHL was in a really difficult situation because you're trying to make it even to everybody. You're trying to take care of the teams that didn't get in. And while it would have been amazing for Lafreniere to be in Anaheim, it would have been in a very selfish way. It would have been great for him to be part of the Kings. You're going to have in a couple of months – Eight fascinating teams. They're all going to be in, and you either get pick one or, like, pick 11. Good. And it is going to be, like, from a hockey standpoint, a gen. You know, I don't want to say generational player. The NHL is really loaded. But Lafayette is amazing. For the sport of hockey, what I'm looking at is, okay, he's not coming to L.A. God, we want him in Montreal. You just want him that – the city of Montreal, what that means to hockey is just, I'm not, you guys yeah, all know. It's having the Cowboys be impactful. It's having the Dodgers, the yeah. Yankees, the Red Sox be impactful. It's the Lakers and the Celtics being good. The Canadians have not been there. They're such an insanely historic fan base. The draft was supposed to be in Montreal yeah. this, this year with their guy Lafayette. It would have been an unbelievable scene at the Bell Center. And it's not going to happen because of COVID. That is so sad. So I got to tell you, Maddie, kind of working around the NHL, I was sad for the Kings. But if you have, and I don't know how it's going to work, but the idea that Pittsburgh, Chicago, Minnesota, Edmonton, Montreal, Toronto, all of these iconic franchises, you could have one night where one of them is going to walk out with Lafayette. It could really, really be exciting. And and like I said, it's pretty much winner takes it all. 
Kings are still great yeah. at two. Uh, the, they'll probably take Byfield. They've got a ton of centers, but the Kings are loaded. But, Maddie, I'm sorry. I know you were upset by it, but I look at the big picture, Dave, and you go, think about that for the NBA. Yeah. Where if you had the NBA draft lottery, Dave, and uh, Minnesota, and just figure out different teams, right? Yeah. Minnesota and the Clippers and other teams were there, lined up two, three, four, five, six. You go, okay, that's cool, right? That's good. But then all of a sudden for the opportunity to get a player like Zion, and it was the Lakers might have a chance, Boston might have a chance, Toronto might have a chance, uh, Miami, Detroit, right? Pick them, whoever you want. And they were all in, and your team had that one chance. They're either going to get Zion or they're going to drop to pick 10. Like, how intense is that? that? It's awesome. It's kind of cool. So uh, as a Kings fan, I was sorry that he's not going there. I'm thrilled that the Kings ended up at two. But, Maddie, just understand their hands were really tied to try to make it as even as they can. And I think at the end it'll be a pretty exciting night, especially when we get closer to that day. That's awesome. All right, man. You did a good job. You won an hour and a half. All right. We'll be back on Tuesday. Yep. Uh, Again, we'll see you Tuesday night. That's our next show. And then uh, we'll head into the long weekend. All right. See you in a couple days. So let